Derek, how are you today? DW Coast Show. Back in the studio, hanging out with you. I like your shirt. It was like a palm trees on that. Thank you. I, I, that... I'm not a person that normally wears prints like this, yeah. but... Uh... I typically refer to shirts like that as my party shirt. Is that your party shirt? Yeah. Yeah, I think it is in a way. I feel like this is kind of... Um, it's formal. Yeah. Uh, but it's, uh, it's festive. Hmm. Formal and festive. It's got a collar. I don't know. You're just trying to look nice for the uh, interview later, aren't you? Later yeah. in the show. Yeah. Listen, I'm a professional. Well, I did not get dressed for today. I just kind of wore a normal <laughs> black shirt. Black shirt on on camera is kind of a DW coat thing. It it's seems, classic. It's the classic. I know you've got the polo. You mixed it up a little bit today. That's actually maybe even like a navy. It's it's black as well. Oh, okay. Never yeah. mind. Yeah. But. <laughs> but I'm doing good. It's a pouring rain outside. This is kind of probably the first time we've ever recorded the show with it pouring rain. It's usually nice and sunny, and and you can hear birds chirping, but uh, not today. We just hear the sound of the rain barrel today. You can see my rain barrel working, right? And then you can see it overflowing out there as well. I mean, the rain barrel is full at this point. I, yeah. It should be overflowing into that rain can there. Yeah, right. But you can see that we've missed it by about two inches. Yeah, so it's yeah. just flowing should, into do you the wanna, ground. Do you want to go fix it real quick? Like, should... <sighs> It looks pretty wet out there, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah, 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 yeah. What if we do some brand news instead? <laughs> Let's do brand news instead. The news you didn't know you needed from the people you didn't know were so giving Derek, the brand news with the Brand news. What's bigger than uh, the news that super subscriber Chuck Greason is uh, coming back into... Uh, to visit us here in Jacksonville. I saw you talking about Chuck Vall or Greasonville. What was it? I, I just replied with, he said, coming to Jayville or something like that. And I said, Duval. Uh-huh. And then he said, uh, Chuckville or something like that. Or No, he said Greasonville. I think he said Chuckville. Chuckville. I said you Greasonville. said Greasonville. Yeah. Either way, which is pretty fun. I mean, if they were talking about renaming the city and stuff, I, I would th- pitch those options in. I think people should meet him yeah. and see what they think. Maybe this is the guy to... Uh, yeah. To so, rename the city after. So this is uh, going to be a fun trip. You know, we did a lot with Chuck in town last time back in, what, February, March, that, mm-hmm. that period. Um, but it was not the same. It was, a little, it was like a little chilly on some of the days. I remember we were wearing jeans. It was like, chilly. It was raining. Yeah. It was dry. It was a... It was a in the sense that, there, you know, there wasn't like a lot... Of, it wasn't green. It was kind of brown around here. But now it's green. The farm back here is yes. looking, looking really good. The plants are growing. I think Chuck will be excited to see that. He, he'll see your new fence. Yes. Uh, he'll see that. Um, what else? He's probably going to... Um, we're talking about doing a DW cookout. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We're going to talk... You know, we're going to talk all about that later yeah. in On Brand, Off Brand, I think. And yeah. one of the things that we need to figure out is, like, how do we make sure... We brought him in once before, but how do we make sure we really nail the On Brand uh, events for Chuck this time around? He knows the city a little bit more. We can't, we can't fool him the way that we could when he came here last time. Right. Just fake yeah. it. You know, we've got to kind of deliver. No doubt. He knows a little bit more about Jacksonville, but, you know, there's plenty of fun things to do here. Yeah. And speaking of plenty of fun things to do here, obviously, you know, we've been having a lot of festivals here. Some uh-huh. controversial, some not. 
But you're talking about Orange Crush, right? Which was is, there's been a lot of coverage of and a lot of people uh, writing. Right. Yeah. Uh, right. Exactly. And and you can go read that stuff online. There's plenty sure. of stuff to find there. But I want to talk about Jacksonville as a whole. There are new festivals coming to town that have been added to the list for this year. Right. Uh, including the new Jacksonville Seafood Festival that's happening July 25th, mm-hmm. um, which we both seem to be pretty excited about because, one, we like seafood, and it's also around your birthday. So People are pretty jacked about this seafood festival. I don't know if you were kind of following the, uh, the scuttlebutt online once it was announced, but people were like, yes, this is amazing. <laughs> like, and I feel the same way. Well, people love seafood here. And I even I ran into a guy on the beach like maybe a month or so ago, and I was talking about seafood. And he's like, you know, the best place to get seafood in Jacksonville, Singleton's up there by Safe Harbor. He's oh, like, okay. it's, I know Safe Harbor is the big one up there, but Singleton's is actually the better Really? Seafood restaurant, apparently. Like, and it's a little, like, it's a little more of like a shack, uh-huh. all wooden. It looks old. I believe that. And it's like almost like, it's like literally right next door. But uh, he kind of claimed, like, he's like, I've lived here for like 38 years. <laughs> it's the best restaurant here and all that stuff. So maybe so. we need to take him up on his word for it and go up to Singleton's. I don't mind checking it out. And then that's what we bring back for the cookout. Ooh, ooh. See how I roll? See I see vibe. how you roll. So got that one going on. And then also a new, a new one. Uh, announced was the Florida Fin Fest, which is uh, just a festival where they're going to bring in like national headliners and music and stuff like that. But it's more focused on shark education. Mm-hmm. So that's exciting. Trying, like as in they're educating the sharks, trying to get gonna, them college degrees and jobs? Yeah, or? they're going to set up a bunch of tanks and put <laughs> sharks in them outside of the ocean. Uh, and teach them, yeah. Uh, so, yeah, well, le- lecture hall is they're calling it, yeah. Well, I, I see you have this here. You know, New Smyrna Beach uh, is one of the pl- places where there's more shark attacks it's, than anywhere. It is the shark attack capital is it of really? the world. Yeah, and Jacksonville is, I think, number three to five on that list, too. you got to watch so. out for sharks around here. But but so what is the education? Do you, are you going to go? I mean, I, I'd like to go check it I'm out. I know that. that you, you know, UNF provides a um, shark biology master's program um, where people can learn how to, to save and, and preserve shark life, and also know how to track them and put them in safe situations, whatever, and just you know make sure that they don't go extinct. <laughs> but um, but I think that you know that program's going on. So there's just there's a lot of there's shark education all around this state. Tracy Jordan said, live every week like it's Shark Week. You know, uh, speaking of, no, no week is Shark Week on college campus more than orientation, right? I mean, yeah. this is kind of when people are, are still holding out, make it, <laughs> still have not made their final decisions in some cases, yeah. but we are in the thick of that. And in the middle of that sort of busy season of, of admissions, uh, they're going to have to be rethinking those student athlete mm. orientation sessions because the uh, Supreme Court just ruled on the amateurism uh, ideas that NCAA has been putting forward right. uh, for years, saying basically college athletes get room and board and their people prefer amateur uh, athletes and so, yeah. you know, and they get a, an education. And uh, the Supreme Court, uh, with, uh, I believe, Brett Kavanaugh writing the decision, um, said... Uh, not so much. <laughs> you yeah. can't. You can't just uh, not pay people for working. Yeah. Have, you, have you been following any yeah, of that? Yeah, still kind of. It's still a little new. I'm yeah. still kind of reading up on it. And I know this has been a. They've had several, you know, uh, instances where they've revisited this and had trials on it and things like that. But um, yeah, you know, they're not. Uh, 
they can't prohibit student athletes from receiving any mm-hmm. kind of payment and things like that. And I, I, you know, I get it to an extent, got my opinions on both sides of it, I think I'd say, but you know, I, you will see a real change in a lot of, uh, athletics and the way that it's governed and the way that they, um, the, the way that athletes choose schools as well, because there's schools that they will get more likeness than other schools. Yeah. And I think, um, I think it's a, it's, it's something to watch and, and I'm not an expert. I'm following a lot of experts, uh, I follow the people at TVP Communications have been uh, doing a lot on this. I follow uh, Chip Stewart, digital media prophet, kind of knows a lot about what's going on, uh, different folks like that, and, and um, kind of watching what they say because uh, they have uh, really good opinions on it. But I think it's going to affect uh, and continue to affect everyone that works on a college campus, not just if you're in student athletics. You right. know. Yeah. Well, the big question is, will you be getting a refund? Yeah, I don't know. That's kind of maybe that's why the why I'm so more more interested or need to get more interested in it because hey, if that's the case, I'm interested. But that's probably not going to happen. So <laughs> who knows? But uh, fun show for us here today. Got Nate Monroe coming on. Yeah. We'll be talking to him here in just a second. And just Darren's got a list of questions that'll be pretty fun to talk through. And Nate's a cool guy, uh, Metro columnist over at the Florida Times Union, and just gonna have a quick conversation with him and. Uh, tell him a little bit more about DW Co. and also just learn a little bit more about him personally and and, and ask him, him uh, some specific questions about Jacksonville. So Yeah, and we're going to uh, talk a little bit more about Chuck and his visit here in On Brand, Off Brand. Uh, so stick around. I think you're going to enjoy it. Right on. And now it's time for a Shelly Short from this week's team meeting. So... To explain to my listeners specifically, Darren, can you talk about how the idea of us as college marketers working in the university realm, you know, came up with a radio show, internet radio show? I had to hear the music that everyone was playing while they were working. I think that's like, let's not oversell what we're doing here. Like creative people love music. They love to connect. It's what sparks you to get up and do great work. And with so many of us working from home, I thought it would be amazing if there was this like invisible network of creatives that were listening to uh, radio, sharing programs and collaborating across the country. And for it not to be a Facebook, you know, promoted post, for it to be something kind of underground. So what do you hope to achieve with this radio station? Good times and great oldies is what I hope to achieve. (laughs) That's the correct answer. I want the the radio station, the reason we call it a college radio station for everybody, is I want people to feel what it feels like to be on a college campus. To feel not just a sense of exploration, but that like a friend turns you on to something on their radio show. You didn't even know you could have a radio show. So it's also to get back in touch with like the roots of exploration at college. Like that was the stuff that made me love college. And so at some point it's like, there's so many, there's like athletes at college. There's like suits at college. There's like all these people, but like, what about the people like us that found just like creative solace and a home, right? Like, and how many students are hoping for that next year, right? So that's what it also is about. It's about making sure that there's some spark that holds on to what it felt like to discover art, to discover creativity, and to discover a community of that in college. 
To hear another Shelly Short, listen to Shelly Show on DWCO Radio every day from 2.30 to 4 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on dwhiteandco.com slash radio. Well, Nate Monroe has been here in Jacksonville for quite a while, and he's made quite a name for himself, uh, not just because of his ability to write, but his ability to report and to bring new things to light. I, for one, have really enjoyed uh, reading Nate's stuff, and and I I always have a really good feeling about people that came out of LSU's journalism program. Uh, so I feel like they, they're, you guys are often at the top of uh, SBJ awards. You're often at the top of things. So uh, it's not a surprise. We're glad to have you here and glad to have you on DWK show as well. Thanks, man. I, I appreciate that. I, I, I wish I could share your uh, optimism about LSU grads. <laughs> I didn't say grads. I said journalism <laughs> grads. <Yeah. laughs> so yeah. now, yeah. So now you started there and it seems to me like you were, how did, what brought you into choosing journalism school? I'm always interested in people that decide to go down this route, especially around your age, because you were probably told you're not going to make any money. It's going to be incredibly difficult and you chose to do it anyway. So I'm curious what puts you on this path a little bit. So, uh, I was always interested, like even as a student, I was interested in like history and, uh, you know, kind of jived with like a civics course I took. My grandparents were always big um, newspaper readers and they were engaged politically. And my grandpa was the president of the New Orleans Chamber of Commerce in the 90s. uh, And they were super against the Iraq war. uh, And this is by the time they had retired. So like, politics and media and just kind of a, uh, you know, an appreciation for like history courses were all part of the mix there. Um, When I got to college, you know, the bottom really fell out in journalism kind of around 2008, 2009. I actually think the employment peak for newspapers was like 2008. So by that point, I was already in the journalism program. So when you ask like, (laughs) I, I, you never, there was never an understanding you got into this field to get rich. Um, but there was a very precipitous decline that started to take place kind of in the middle of when I was in college. And so it got a lot worse. <laughs> and if I knew what I knew today, I don't know that I actually would have taken that route. <laughs> what would you have done? I don't know. I mean, that's kind of the, the dilemma uh, because yeah. I do like what I do. It's a super fun job. And I've kind of, uh, personality wise, a decent fit for it. Um, you know, and you have a problem with authority mixed with like curiosity, uh, there aren't a whole lot of other options. So I don't know. I don't know what I would have done otherwise. (laughs) Well, you've come to the right place. If you have a problem with authority and (laughs) not a lot of options, and we're happy to have you here on DW Coast show. And I think you kind of hit on something that I think between Florida and Jacksonville, it's really interesting, uh, or Florida and Louisiana, excuse me, is that both states are so shaped by weather disasters and environmental engineering and political corruption. It's like the three of those things almost go hand in hand, if that makes sense. Yeah, they do 100%. And I mean, something both states have in common, I think Florida might actually be a little bit worse about it. Uh, And I actually will probably write about this later this week, uh, because it's something I've been thinking about with this, you know, this barge like a mile off the coast that spilled, you know, 5,000 plus tons of coal ash in the ocean. The Both states also had this tendency to like 
we don't we don't actually address pollution at its source. We just like move it around. Like <laughs> South yeah. Florida decided that they didn't want um, treated solid waste like sewer sludge to be applied on their land. Uh, so in South Florida, you can't do it. So what happened is Florida just started doing it on the northern end of the state instead. And like, <laughs> that's kind of how we do things. And that's what this pollution is all about. This coal ash is being, you know, the, the idea was it was going to go from Puerto Rico to Florida to Georgia to get landfilled. You know, yeah. we're not asking the utility in Puerto Rico to just like not produce as much coal ash. We're just going to bury it and someone's going to make money. And yeah. that explains like so much about how Florida and Louisiana handle their yeah. environmental problems. Yeah, for sure. Well, and I think the thing, it also hits on something, maybe it's a little more local to Jacksonville, but something that drives me crazy here, and it's probably just me because you've been able to channel it into your writing. Uh, but what drives me crazy here is that there's, there's grift and corruption in most every major and small city I've, I've been in, and you hang around long enough, I, I'll, I'll find you some problems, right? I feel personally that we're really bad at it here. And that bothers me as much as anything. And I'm, I'm kind of kidding and I'm kind of not, but I see a lot of old tricks done poorly. And um, maybe that's just me. I mean, you have a, a, a deeper eye on it, but I just, I, even our corruption feels a little lazy to me sometimes. It's like this, uh, the, what's the Batman quote? The town deserves a better class of criminal. <laughs> yeah, um, <right. laughs> yeah. I don't, you know, I, I mean, it's interesting. I mean, Jacksonville, so it's the largest municipal government in Florida, mm -hmm. but people don't think of it that way. Um, so it's kind of quietly this place that is big enough to matter. I mean, the city's budget is like, one and a half billion dollars every year. Uh, we have this publicly owned utility that's, you know, I mean, there's just a lot of public money flowing around. So it all is big enough to matter. We have this very sophisticated, like local, like lobbying system. Like we actually have, if you lobby on issues, you have to register with the city's ethics office. I mean, there's this whole like regulatory scheme I've never seen in a local yeah, government yeah. before. So, I mean, on the one hand, it is kind of sophisticated, but I think to the extent that like, you know, if we wanted to talk about JEA or even like Kareem Brown or, you know, some of these other kind of more modern scandals, I mean, they're crude because, you know, the middle district of Florida has not traditionally been super proactive in combating corruption. And within the middle district of Florida, Jacksonville is kind of the backwater. Um, mm -hmm. We share a district with Tampa and Orlando, and that's right, where right. the U.S. attorney usually lives and where, you know, all the big focus is. Yeah, no, I think I think that's true. It, it just seems like uh, maybe people aren't paying attention in the same way. But that big systematic kind of system of lobbying and all everything that you're describing kind of hits at something else, which is that it seems to me that there's a big struggle for power and access here. Uh, almost everywhere you go on these big decisions, there are these very complicated schemes in a sense to communicate, approve, in your case, you're talking about lobbying at the government level. Um, but um, they seem, I mean, obviously they're meant to keep people out, but they're, they're, they're pretty specific and pretty, um, yeah, Byzantine is kind of, you know, is kind of what I think. Yeah, man. I mean, there's, you know, if you 
if you take the last 20 years and you take every like boondoggle the city's been involved in over the last 20 years, you see the same names over and over again. And they're the names that you see attached to a lot of development projects. Like, you know, we have this kind of uh, related but separate from the lobbying class is like this consulting class, which is kind of a newer breed of lobbying. They're not technically lobbyists, but you hire them because, you know, you're you've got a better chance of getting what you want if you have like the right people it's i mean it's mm-hmm. all this like yeah i mean it's you know grift is probably a strong like I, I don't think every deal that has a consultant attached to it is like a corrupt deal but i mean right. there is like this institutionalized kind of uh you know, niche market that we have created in this city. Uh, so yeah, like a lot of the same, you know, there are families that have become incredibly rich over the last half century uh, with our modern government and, you know, many thousands of more families that have been here that whole time that, that have not flourished. Yeah, and I think, you know, um, I think Jacksonville sometimes struggles to have open conversations with itself um, or at least to acknowledge that. And it seems like um, you all have done a great job of expecting more out of the city in a sense, like to have conversations that a city of Jacksonville size and importance should be having, but for some reason chooses sometimes not to or not to publicize. I absolutely agree that the city, there is definitely a history here of uh, walking on eggshells on certain issues. Um, And like, I think this continues to this day. I mean, there is a strain of, uh, I would I'd call them like kind of sunny optimists about downtown. They get really upset when people <laughs> like criticize our downtown development strategy or our city leaders and their downtown development efforts as if you're criticizing like the city itself. Right. And mm-hmm. uh, yeah, I mean, I, I think we, we do have a real issue with that. And I, I, think this, I think some of it is just that Jacksonville's got this sort of inferiority complex. Uh, You know, we're the kind of the outlier in the major metro areas. And we've been, I mean, shit, man, we, part of the reason we consolidated was to call ourselves like the biggest city in America, (laughs) you know, and it's just hasn't really played out the way that, that our city forefathers thought it would. And, And I think that that's just like one of many, you know, of our like neuroses. Yeah. It's a fascinating town. I think in a lot of ways, you know, you're a native there, but it, it reminds me more of a New Orleans than it lets on sometimes, which is to say that as this very sort of, um, it has this very Baptist uh, crust and it has a real methy filling on the inside. You know, it's just a, a much more a diverse, varied uh, opinions are, are not exactly what you would expect them to be coming from where you would expect them to be but it's always trying to like get itself in line. Like, you know, it feels like it's trying to police itself into something it's not or something. Yeah, I, I agree with that. And I actually have this kind of not fully fleshed out, like, you know, it's not really a theory. It's more just like an argument that in this, this isn't meant as a, an insult to the city. It might sound like that at first, but, you know, I think, you know, we try to think of ourselves Uh, in the same league as like an Orlando or a Miami or a Tampa. And I think the better way to understand Jacksonville is actually to view it through the lens that you might view a Pensacola or a Key West, which is to say we were one of the first Florida cities. Uh, We have this like for, um, and, and 
our country's terms, uh, kind of deep history, mm-hmm. um, you know, and a kind of like old world quality to us that like a Miami doesn't have, you know, Miami right. has a modern history um, yeah. and Orlando has a modern history, but it doesn't have this kind of like deep history. Uh, you know, it, we've got these kind of Spanish, um, you know, sort of French like elements that have helped shape our culture here. And like Pensacola and Key West have those same things and the trajectory of those towns in some ways is a lot like ours. They were really populated. They were like, I think at one point Key West was like the most populated city in Florida. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you know, the same with Jacksonville, like our heyday as the, the cultural kind of economic center of Florida, um, you know, is, is history. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, I think again, one of our neuroses it's often unspoken is, are those days behind us, like are our best days behind us? And I don't think they are, but that to me is like a better way to view Jacksonville and to kind of like understand our trajectory and how we got to where we are. Yeah, I think so too. And I, I think it's just too damn late to do anything else too, in the sense of, you know, you're not going to, Miami has um, made itself a world-class city, Orlando has Disney, and Tampa has done a really good job of attracting a certain type of sports life to, uh, to distinguish itself. And then when you start to go um, north into other Southern cities, you're gonna find a very different culture and a very different environment even to build in and to think in and, and to work in. So I think it's important that Jacksonville has to understand itself because if it doesn't understand itself, it's not gonna be able to differentiate itself. It's gonna to continue to look for these other things to define itself when, in theory, to your point, there may be even more, more value here um, than, than we realize. Nate, thanks again for, for joining us and doing this. Um, we appreciate everything you do and we'll keep, uh, keep reading you. Yeah, thanks, man. Thanks for having me on. And uh, let's like get a drink sometime. Oh yeah, for sure. And now it's time for a Jacksonville travel tip from Nate Monroe from this week's interview. To end this, the question that we have for you is, we have a friend coming into town in a couple of days, right? And as you may or may not know, kind of, we, we try to keep it on brand. And so I'm curious, like you're bringing a friend in, you got to hit some uh, greatest hits here, some on-brand greatest hits in Duval. They're going to be here for 30, you know, the old 36 hours, right? Like, you know, where are you taking them? Where do they need to go? Oh man, well, that's a good question. Uh, I, I mean, so, you know, my friends and I are uh, drinkers. So like my first place is what, you know, what uh, bars and breweries would I need to hit? I, I would say Intuition and Our Wolf at the top of the sure. list. Riverside Liquors, I think is a gem that's not, that, you know, gets slept on a little bit. Yeah. Um, I, you know, St. Augustine, it's important to get out there. Um, you know, Caps is legit world-class seafood. And I think we can claim St. Augustine as a kind of a Jacksonville asset. That's awesome. um, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, I don't have anything like super, in, like I, I wish I could, uh, I'm jealous of people like Ennis Davis who could give you this like really cultured, like awesome answer to your question. And, yeah. You know. <laughs> I just want to be friends with Ennis Davis so he can bring me into town and take me around, you know? <laughs> exactly. like, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah, do that. Yeah, work. yeah. I, like I said, I'm just like a bar, like where, where are the dives? You know, Fly's Tie uh, in Atlantic Beach. That'd be, I've been to Fly's Tie. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe your friend will get in a fight or something. So yeah. <laughs> I feel like we need a we need a brew probably named after Nate or the Time Union at one of these bars. I, I feel like they could uh, so, you know get on that. So, but 
You can watch the full interview on our YouTube channel or you can head over to dwhiteandco.com to see it there. So, uh, super subscriber Chuck Greason, our famed videographer expert, is coming from DC back to Duval. Uh, last time he was here was in March. Uh, it was a little chilly, it was rainy, but he was a trooper. And now we're going beach day. Like, that's what we know. So, I guess what I need to know is we talk about on brand, off brand all the time. And, Shelly, you know Chuck and you also know Duval. You've been here before. Like, what, what do we, and Derek, obviously, I see you taking notes furiously right now. Uh, what do we need to do? How do we ensure maximum on brand for this weekend? Is this Chuck's like first official like beach visit to? Yes. yes. Yeah. Yeah. Man. Yeah. Okay. So like straight up, I think of like, you know, sunscreen, bucket hat, like him with a cooler beer, like half buried in the sand, like <laughs> we're just face planted on the beach somewhere, you know, <laughs> big flippers on yeah. like, and like a, like a mask with the like, yeah. snorkel. <laughs> yeah, like it's like a eighties movie montage and he's going to the beach for the first time ever. <laughs> That's pretty good. He was like, we were talking about like, should we spend all day at the beach? And I was like, I can never do that. Like, I don't have that, that capability of my body. I just like this yeah. goes from pale white to beat red. And then uh, that's what I was trying to explain to one of my friends. Like we were going to bike on Saturday, you know, and it's been hot here. And I'm like, no, I reach a point where I get sunned out. And like, apparently that's a term they'd never heard before. Yeah. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> Texas <laughs> to Oregon. Yeah, you get sunned out. <laughs> <laughs> For sure. Yeah, I feel like, I feel like, uh, here comes Toby. What's up, bud? I feel like beach day has to be like, like I definitely think we need sort of the cooler of beer, like 1983, like, you know, kind of rock and roll vibes there. We're thinking about doing a DW cookout here. Ooh. What do you the think? First one. First one ever. Ever. I like that. I'm a little jealous. I can't come, but we could replicate that success in October. True. When you come. Yes. <laughs> and you'll have it troubleshooted and like figured out by then. So it'll be better. Oh, for sure. We are so ready. We actually, Jessica and I joined the CSA here called local fair jacks. And they just like dumped a whole bag of vegetables on my back porch the other day. I was like, Hey man, love those vegetables. <laughs> <laughs> like, like, but literally there was all this amazing stuff in there. And I was like, oh, this is DW cookout material right here. We've got to have this. Oh, man. What if you branded everything like DW Cola? DW <laughs> and all of it. The whole thing. Yeah. <laughs> He's going to be making some fish. Yeah. <laughs> DW Cod, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Love that. Yeah. And afterward, you'll have DW colon issues. So. Yeah. <laughs> or DW Coma. Yeah, TW Ooh, Love that. Yeah, that's pretty good. <laughs> okay, so on brand is, for Chuck is the beach with a fair amount of beer and a cooler, a cookout. I feel like we need a good, we need a good visual or or you know what I mean? Like, what are we gonna Chuck likes to go places with his camera? That's the other thing we gotta sort of figure out. Like But it's the beach, it's gorgeous there, you know? Yeah, that's true. That's good Especially stuff. Like with the, Chuck like, shoots a lot of baseball with his camera. Oh yeah! Baseball. Friday, we're going to. 
Jumbo shrimp game. Yeah, <laughs> we're going to a jumbo shrimp game. Does he? And he has a hat already, right? Yeah, he bought a hat previously because he was right. like, I gotta have a jumbo shrimp hat. So, oh man, I'm jealous of that. <laughs> yeah. And then on Saturday, if we want to, the Cummer Museum is doing live music. They have like Groove Coalition and all these like cool exactly. bands. Yeah. A lot of options out there. Yeah. One of the big questions we had was uh, do we go down to St. Augustine or not? Yeah. Um, do we go to St. Augustine with you, Shelly? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Hmm. I don't remember. Pretty sure. I don't, That's the really pretty like park and everything that's down there. That was built by the the guy that did the um, park in New York. Oh no 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 no. That's um that's Riverside or um, um, oh. park. No, this, the town of St. Augustine is like thirty minutes south of here. That's like the oldest continuous city in the U.S. They have like this old like Spanish fort and everything there, like this old city, like uh, we should do it in October. We should, we're going, we're going to. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's pretty cool. Thanks. They have, okay. So in St. Augustine, they have um, Flagler university, which was uh, founded by Henry Flagler and it originally was his hotel. That so it's sense. like the, the literally fly at Flagler college, the dining room is um, was done by Tiffany. Like, yeah, it's gorgeous. Like, it's like gorgeous campus, like right in the middle of this, like historic kind of, you know, Savannah-esque, but more Spanish kind of town. Yeah, it's like like very Florida sounding. Yeah, for sure. We got to go. We got to do that. So I think we, Derek, I think we take Chuck to St. Augustine if we can, if we can make it happen. Yeah, I think that's, uh, I think that's possible. He gets in Thursday night, hanging out Friday. Games on Friday night, cook out on Saturday afternoon or evening. I guess. We'll I don't know. I don't know. Maybe you go to St. Augustine that morning or something. Is he flying back on Sunday? He's flying back on Sunday. Yeah. Probably have to get it Saturday. I think we'd have to get St. Augustine like Saturday morning. Maybe do the beach down there or something. Mm-hmm. So this feels on brand. This trip lined up so far for him? Everything's lined up and ready to go. Sweet. So, so Derek, um, at the end of the show, we always do a special segment I like to call Derek Talks Feedback, DTF. Let's uh, let's hear what uh, what your your advice and feedback is uh, for for the listening audience as Shelley and I look on in horror. Mostly <laughs> about that acronym. <laughs> DTF. We're to work for another one. If you come up with another one, that's good. But somebody already kind of said that it was. Um, they thought it was pretty funny. So <laughs> the audience has spoken. Yeah, that's testing. Right. They said they liked. <laughs> so what is what is the feedback for today? What's Derek's feedback? I'm trying to come up with something a little witty, you know, a little on here on the spot, given right. this uh, style of um, of segment. But I'd say. In the spirit of Chuck visiting, um, keep your trip, keep your trip on brand. Okay. Keep your. How do you keep your trip on brand? So I'd you're say, saying when you travel somewhere, on brand for you or on brand for the city? On brand for the city. Submit to the city. <laughs> I, no, that doesn't sound good. Submit to the city. I think it's something something witty, real quick. I, I'm just thinking. Go to the city. You got to do whatever is. Um, 
I don't even <laughs> can't think of a good one. Well, as always, you can find D. White & Co. at dwhiteandco.com. You can reach me, Darren, at dwhiteandco.com. And, of course, you can tweet me at Real Darren White. Derek, hold on a second. Let's let Shelly have her plug. I know you're uh, – Shelly, where can people reach you? Swift and Nine on Instagram. Find me. Nice. And Derek. You can email me at Derek at dwhiteandco.com or also follow me on Instagram at Derek Reeves. That's R-E-E-E-V-E-S. Yeah. Cool. I just don't want people to email me. Just find me on Instagram. Yeah. Find Shelly on Instagram and don't email her. Thank you for listening. No weird DMs. <laughs> to yet another strange an incomplete edition of DW Coach Show. We'll see you all next week, and thank you for listening.